Hi, everyone. Hello. 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 Welcome back once more to Reckless Attack, a Dungeons and Dragons fifth edition. No, a fifth edition Dungeons and Dragons actual play podcast. Damn it. Your streak was so long. Yeah, set, yeah. The, set the calendar back to zero. <laughs> oh, no. I prefer to think of it as nailed it in two. Yeah. I, I, damn it. It was one of those times where like I was winding up to it and it's like, man, I've crushed this one so many times. And then there was just that moment where my brain's like. Oh, yeah, idiot. <laughs> <laughs> you think so? You think you Good did? Try. Good try. All right. All right. Uh, hello. I am, as always, GM Nathan here, joined by an excellent coterie of players here around the table. Hello, players. Why don't you all introduce yourselves once more somehow if people, I don't know, haven't been listening or just like hearing the melodious tunes of your voices, starting with. Hi, I'm Jonathan, and I play Checkers, the Grung Druid, and his trusty frog pals, Mango and Junior. And I will say, Checkers is spooked. <laughs> Very spooked. <laughs> Been through Just a generally lot. Spooked. Yeah, generally spooked. Uh, the Libra Morte and all that stuff really kind of has him shaking a little bit. So he's taken the elevator right up and just uh, is thinking about how he's feeling right now, which is, again, spooked. <laughs> and to my right. Hi, everybody. I'm Sophie, and I play Valeska Carter, the human. Asterisk cleric of the Arcana Domain, who is now all powerful. <laughs> We've been thinking of if Valeska needs another asterisk next yeah, to yeah. her name. Double human, asterisk. Human we'll asterisk, asterisk. Yeah. Across the table for me. <laughs> oh. <laughs> no comments. Hi, everyone. My name is Steve, and I'm playing Sylvesterlin, the dragonborn monk who, luckily, mechanically speaking, cannot be frightened. <laughs> because of the ring of the bear. But can you be spooked? Uh, he's a little, yeah, he's, he is uncomfortable. You got it. Yeah, that's fair. But, separate status condition. Yeah. Yeah. Yes, <laughs> yes, spooked is a separate status condition. But to talk about more about that is the person to my right. Hi, everyone. I'm David, and I play Casquin Brightmane, the Dwarven Warlock, who is just steepling his fingers over a desk with a look of concern. Cause I don't, I don't know what's happening with this whole Libra Morte thing, you guys. Uh... Don't worry about it. Val's <laughs> all powerful now. So the thing is, Casquin is like pretty familiar with warlock packs, and is like, <laughs> is this a pact? Are we packing? It? Yeah, are we, are we packing? Well, you, you just have to remember, Libra Morte is is so Libra's book, and Morte is it's, it's like Morty. cool. It's yeah. cool book. It's, it's more it's Morty. book. It's Morty. It's Morty's book. <laughs> and when you think about it in the terms of Morty's book, yeah, it's, it's not, not seem that bad. Yeah, it's not so scary. Yeah. Easy peasy. Yeah. All right. Then. Morty's a cool dude. <laughs> I, I have no further concerns. Thank you for for answering all. Morty's a cool dude. He's talking to me in my in my sleep. Don't worry about it. Yeah. And across the table from me. It's me again. Yay. Hi. I there was a genuine just split <laughs> second of like, wait, no, I was paying attention. I thought everyone else had gone. And then I actually physically looked at your human body that was pointing at me. And I picked it up. I got it. The I got circle it. is now complete. We find our lovely golden tree adventurers on the way up from procuring the Libra Morte, the dark grimoire that turned out to be uh, kind of just a, a guy. Sort of a sentient arcane construct. Hard to say, uh, but either way, 
through no dramatic action or large sacrifice or, you know, potential corruption of morality or anything like that. You guys got this uh, this uh, this book that probably contains lots of necromantic secrets in it. Boy, boy, guys, I have some real egg on my face, though. I don't remember. I don't remember how you did it. Uh, mm. Can someone remind me just like, I mean, from both me and the listener, what you guys did, kind of what clever ruse or scheme you guys did. It, it was a poker game, right? We just won it in a poker game. Uh, you, you know, a fiddle off against the yeah. uh, against well the because book. we we had all of the training from the fortunate and all of that you know played back into it with a game of poker right we just mm-hmm. won the book perfect it all it all comes back around right, yeah absolutely yeah. pretty sure that's how it happened definitely not the knowledge seeker just being like yo book pretty sure I'm your gal. You know definitely what? not that actually now that you mention it that does sound a little familiar <laughs> that maybe Valeska Carter decided hey. Allow me to step up, and I will offer to be... uh, The exact terms of the agreement are a little unclear at the moment, but Mm -hmm. be a partner, be something. Val was very careful into not putting exact binding language into what she said to the book. But you guys were able to make a deal with this fairly cagey sentient book, were able to find your way back to the mysterious elevator that brought you down here to bring you guys back up. Oh, by the way, one more thing. You heard an unfortunately kind of familiar roar as the doors closed to kind of ascend you guys back up to the main atrium. As you heard the roar of that strange flying serpentine creature that you encountered previously, the almost pseudo-draconic spirit thing Mm -hmm. that attacked you guys in your battle against all the constructs. That is where we find you all. You guys are in the elevator. A roar shakes the doors of this kind of old-timey, rickety contraption. You hear this roar. You guys know exactly what's coming. How does everyone react to that information? Kind of just, like, paint the scene all five of you, including Mango, are all crammed in this pretty small <laughs> little elevator, and the whole thing shakes as it just creaks upward, and you all become acutely aware of how not fast this elevator is moving. So, as much as possible, Selv is going to try to maneuver the others away from the doors as far as possible and into one of the corners, and then take a defensive stance from an attack that will most likely come from below. Gotcha, you're just, and you're just through watching the, the elevator. Yeah, yeah, yes. I just got this fantastic and adorable image of Mango just standing up on his hind legs and putting his two arms out across the elevator with with Checkers cast and Velasco just squished behind him <laughs> and Selv in yeah. front trying yeah. to defend him. And we're all like, Ugh. we're just like faces pressed against Frog. Like, yeah. I guess this is okay. <laughs> <laughs> this feels kind of comforting in a spooky elevator at this time. Mm-hmm. It's like a weighted blanket. Yeah. I, I can't move, but I don't really want to. <laughs> yeah. 
I'm imagining that this elevator has like one light bulb that's just dangling from the ceiling yes. and just like flickering on and off. <laughs> yep. So checkers. Flickering yeah. way more than yeah. you remember it on the way down. <laughs> for sure. Suddenly. For sure. And as we're creaking our way back up, checkers are just like hanging from the light bulb, <laughs> just like trying to get out of the way of uh, where everyone else is. Because he's thinking like, oh, it's going to come from the front. So he's like trying to dodge out of whatever horrible acid breath is going to come at us next. Kaskrin is like right by the elevator panel with all the buttons. And I imagine there was one panel or one button for like the floor. Yes, I think that's true. One that was like door closed. And Kaskrin just pushing the door closed button, <laughs> trying to get it to keep it closed. And then the button falls off. <laughs> <laughs> just just exposed yeah. like wires or whatever. Whatever the, the arcane equivalent of wire no, it's is. Just, it's just a little disc with bubble gum. Yeah, I imagine yeah. it, it, it doesn't there. actually do anything. <laughs> and th- at that point, it's like Kaskrin's face drops. It's like, <laughs> oh no. Val is just nervously petting Mango. Just like, this is fine. This is fine. <laughs> You know, uh, maybe it will miss us. She's doing like battle trigonometry of elevator speeds in her mind. <laughs> like, how fast did I think that thing was going in the fight of the Grand Submissions? How fast does it travel? How fast does this elevator travel? Val is saying, I'm just doing comforting math. Yeah, you're, in, you're like, what can I control mind? in this situation? Uh, the thing I hyper focus on, not my death, but instead math. Math. Great. So does anyone do anything? I know <laughs> that I know that this is a loaded question, and <laughs> that this is not this is not the situation that Dungeons and Dragons characters are built to deal with. But does that, is anyone doing anything to try and like just in case there is something wild that anyone is like, well, you didn't let me try this. I'm giving you giving you one last out. <laughs> is there a hatch on the ceiling? Of the elevator. I was just going to ask, because, like, has this turned into, like, an escape room <laughs> encounter where we're, like, having to find all the little hidden keys everywhere? Uh, yeah, there absolutely would be. Mm-hmm. Val will be like, hey, Checkers, can you open that? Yeah. And Checkers is going to, like, push on it with one of his hands. It's stuck a little bit, but not, but enough that as you're kind of dangling upside down, you can just kind of, like, gymnast flip yourself up and just push with your feet and kind yeah. of bust through all the rust and grime and dust and such. After Checkers opens the hatch, are there muggle elevator mechanics happening? <laughs> so as you as you kind of you go up, and I guess I'll, I'll just say that Checkers would probably be the first one just yeah. to see you poke your head out, and yep. you can report back accordingly. Uh-huh. There's nothing. You are in a box that is ascending, just blackness. Yeah, like there's no sides, there's no anything. You are unclear if. There is just void beyond, or maybe it is just so dark that nothing is reflecting or what, but you just pop your head out. There's no cables. There's no nothing. Underneath you is box. Ahead of you is question mark. And maybe way in the distance, you can see a small light kind of gleaning that is, you would presume, the only other source of possible light, which was your entrance to the atrium. There's nothing else up here, but I think I can get all of us on top of this elevator. Let's keep that as plan B for right now. (laughs) Well, I'm staying up here. (laughs) Okay, hold on tight. I'm going up anyway, so I'll see you guys later. Kaskrin's going to look through the open hatch Mm -hmm. with my dark vision. (laughs) (laughs) Are there other doorways in this elevator shaft? 
I'm going to say yes. There are some faint outlines. And you can now, now that you are out and can see with your dark vision, you can make out that there are walls alongside. And every once in a while, it takes you a couple of floors, I guess we'll say, okay. to kind of pick up on it. But also, if you lose the elevator, I don't know what happens. Val's seen getting the report from Checkers that there are no cables or anything, just in case, cast guidance on the elevator. <laughs> <laughs> oh, okay. May you find the knowledge you Ooh, seek, elevator. That's very May you find the speed I hope you have. Read the spell of guidance, please, for me. You touch one willing creature. Ah, <laughs> uh, okay. Once before the spell ends. So, I have good news and bad news. Good news... Kaskrin has been just slamming on this button over and over and over again yeah. <laughs> until it pops off. And Val, what does it look like as you like walk me and the audience through Val being like, I guess I just got to pray and <laughs> and try to bless this elevator. What does that look like? And like what goes into her thought process to be like, this seems like an inanimate object, but like couldn't hurt. I think it's the math. She's done the math. She's like, Man, if this elevator just had, like, two more Rixian meters. Yeah, if, <laughs> if, if it was going 12 meters per second faster, yeah, got boy, it. Yeah, yeah, wow, yeah. we'd be good. Yeah, her panic math is like, oh, it just needs that little bit. And it's like, please, elevator, just go. Just go this precise amount of speed faster. I think I have an idea of how to get this elevator to move faster. And it's called Conservation of Energy. What happens if I cast Reduce on the elevator while we're in it? Uh, ooh, okay, 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 okay. Will we I'm move, will so we move sorry, faster? Nathan, no, 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 no. This is, this is why, this is why, this is what I mean when I asked it, where it's like, I don't want to just say you guys are stuck in a box. If you want to do weird shit that I just haven't thought of because players are wild, now's the time to do it. Because I'm imagining this elevator is magically traveling at, a, at like a constant speed based off of the mass that it has. But what if I reduce the mass? Are we going faster then? Does it need to be an object uh, or yes, creature? Yes, creature or object. Okay. How I'm going to set this, and you guys can react to this information however you want, and we'll also assume that Kaskrin is also... That, that will be on in the hopper, so to speak. Okay. Uh, Val, roll me a d4. One. <laughs> you only get one Rixian meter. <laughs> you reach your hand out and touch this elevator, and, and only half thinking, you kind of utter this little prayer for speed, prayer for, for guidance, for whatever it is. You feel that little kind of like spark of magic, right? When you are casting a spell, even when it doesn't connect with a target, even with whatever. Mm -hmm. And as it exits... You all feel the elevator shudder hmm. and hear a, oh, and then it shoots up just a little bit faster. <laughs> so Val, you have successfully cast guidance on a creature. What? Huh? Val, what's going on down there? You know, I found out that this elevator is not an object, is a creature. And Val just kind of uh, starts like petting the wall. Yeah, it doesn't say, it doesn't respond. <laughs> it only made that one little noise yeah. when you when you like blessed it. So Selv 
only knows of one creature that can make itself look like an object. No, I knew you would think that. Uh, and <laughs> also, I am the the defensive position is now looking around for any kind of teeth that might be appearing. Clue to mimics, which is the one thing yes. you are still afraid of. <laughs> yes. Maybe we should get well, out of here, actually. Uh, non-mechanically afraid, concerned. Right, yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, and in that moment, as this is kind of all happening, you guys are processing all of this. You guys hear another roar, and it's coming from below you, and it is much closer than it mm. was. It's a little hard to tell with the audio of this kind of a weird elevator shaft but also not but also there's a creature maybe I don't know it's hard to say but it is much closer now Val immediately starts giving this elevator a pep talk of like hey hey thank you so much for (laughs) doing such a great job of transporting us there is something chasing us and last time it really hurt us so any more speed would be greatly appreciated I Sophie don't think there's a limit on how many times I can guess guidance honestly (laughs) because it is a cantrip and Val will be just pumping it full of guidance every six seconds yeah, until yeah, we noted. reach That's the That's what end. I figured. Kaskrin's new driving motivation is to get as far away from the roaring as possible, and so he's got, like, one foot on the railing <laughs> trying to get, like, up onto the uh, the the hatch on the roof, and it's just, like, dangling there. It's like, Checkers, give me your hand! <laughs> <laughs> Mango's, like, boosting you up a little bit, you know, helping yeah. you get up there. Mm-hmm. Checkers is going to try something... Silly. <laughs> now that we know that this is a creature, I'm going to try another new spell. That's the time. Is, yep. it, is it haste? No, this is the first level spell, Longstrider. Ooh. So Checkers is going to wiggle his fingers around, do some weird druid magic, and hopefully the elevator finds itself with an additional 10 feet of movement speed for the next hour. Heck yeah. <laughs> uh, it... <laughs> uh, what do you do? What do you say, knowing that this is creature? Like, what does this look like? And again, this is discernibly not a creature in the, like, literally nothing has changed. It is still undiscernibly just a weird object, except that it is accepting spells and made a weird little giggle when it got blessed. <laughs> and that's the only thing that is telling you that this is a creature, not a just construct or something. So I think Checkers is hearing Val give this thing a pep talk. Totally. And he is also like, he's used to working with animals. Yeah. So he's thinking about this as like, this is a uh, a helpful animal that he can maybe guide into doing something that he wants. So he's also going to start like rubbing the side of the elevator and be like, good, good elevator, good elevator, <laughs> nice elevator, yes. Fast elevator. Yeah, fast <laughs> elevator, yes, yes. That'll do elevator. Uh-huh. <laughs> and horrifically... It lurches even faster, and now it's gotten to the point of like, yeah, we want it to go faster, but like, oh God, this is very fast and very (laughs) uncomfortable, and everyone inside probably can't even see or hear checkers do this, but all hear the, haha, little laugh (laughs) that comes from the elevator itself as it lurches to even greater speeds trying to outrun the creature that is below you. I am now just imagining checkers on top of the elevator, just like, you know that spaceship ride where you got, like, centrifuge yeah. and you got, like, <laughs> stuck to the wall? 
I'm imagining that happening to checkers on top of the elevator because it's moving so fast. Yeah, it's yeah. just like plastered to the down. ceiling. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'm imagining the uh, elevator music is speeding up too. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yes. yes, absolutely. No, actually, it clicked from like 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 soft rock to now it's like uh, hard rock. And yeah. <laughs> if it goes any faster, it'll just be like speed metal. Yeah. <laughs> So you guys now are hearing kind of roars filling the space that you guys are around, but you can see the hole above you start to get closer. The light that you know is the atrium. And I'm going to say with the resources that you guys spent, here's how I'm going to resolve this. The elevator is hurtling upwards, (laughs) not rocketing upwards, I guess is a good distinction. You all, in the last 20, maybe 30 feet, hear another roar that is right below you. Anyone who is still inside the elevator could feel the floors shake with this mighty roar. I'm going to say, actually, that everyone has kind of gotten onto the top at this point. As the exit approaches, the elevator is not slowing down. What I would like is for everyone to make me, I'm going to say, a dexterity saving throw. And it is not to get not smushed. Uh, so it's not. I'm not going to insta-kill your character. <laughs> but to essentially get off of the elevator at the earliest possible second. So everyone give me a dexterity saving throw. Kaskrin didn't quite make it all the way to the top. I rolled a five. Oh, no. Checkers and Mango are both able to just leap from this elevator towards the towards the shining light. We got 19 for both. Whoo! Self does have a 16 for the dexterity save. I rolled a one. Oh, oh man! <laughs> the elevator comes to this very sudden halt just before you guys are brought to the atrium, and you guys are all kind of like launched upwards mm-hmm. and. Some people are able to translate that momentum to roll out, kind of do an action roll outside mm-hmm. of the elevator. But Val and Kaskrin don't quite time it right. And so they both flop onto the sides a little bit. And you guys don't get crushed by the elevator or anything. Unfortunately, I am going to ask both of you to roll me a constitution saving throw, please. That I can do. Uh, and you will have advantage, Kaskrin, as yeah. it is against poison. I just imagine that, like, the exit is just, like, this white outline. Yes. And then, like, Val went to jump, and she just, like, caught her chest yeah. right on the edge, and her arms are, like, sticking out. Exactly. And Sal was able to, like, pull her in the atrium. She just got, like, the wind knocked out of her. Like, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah. Very uncomfortable. Kaskrin with an 18. Val with a 6. Because you guys kind of invested some resources to get a little bit faster, and many of you were able to kind of escape, and incidentally, you made friends with the elevator, Uh, both of you get a horrific feeling from a couple of sources. First, as you're kind of hanging there and scrabbling, trying to catch your breath, trying to just like claw your way out of the shaft, you just see this gust of the poisonous, noxious gas rush past you but because you did a lot of things kind of to protect yourselves you're only going to take 10 points of poison damage 
But the other terrible feeling that you feel is not so much damage, just as much as bad vibes. As you all see this creature pass into the elevator and through it in its kind of ghostly spectral form and also pass through Val and Kaskrin as they're both dangling there and it kind of just shoots up the shaft and into nothingness. And you see it just kind of like whiz by for 40 feet, just shroom, 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 like a subway going down a tunnel until there's nothing there. And you and both of you who are still dangling just have this horrible chill run down your spine. But then things are deathly silent. And now a word from our sponsor. This episode is brought to you by A Foul Light Shines, a new free serial novel based on a D&D campaign. The Empire of Fire and Water has known 20 golden years of peace since the end of Agenion's War, a peace which is now in peril. When a ragtag group of friends intervene in a grotesque monster attack, they're too late to save a wounded man who leaves them with an encrypted journal and the words... Trust no one, Tyre. Can the gang find Tyre, escape the claws of more strange monsters, and uncover the lurking threat to the Empire before it's too late? This story features themes of found family and strength and diversity, and is available for free on Campfire and Royal Road. A foul light shines. Come for the fantasy. Stay for the cheese-obsessed goblin gunslinger. Dark Dice is a critically acclaimed actual play podcast brought to you by Fool and Scholar Productions. With over 20 awards in sound design, Dark Dice brings its horror-themed campaigns to life with snappy combats, terrifying monsters, and tons of original music. Each episode is only 45 minutes long and features an all-star cast of seasoned role players and first-time players alike including folks you might recognize, like Jeff Goldblum, Lily Pichu, and Jasper William Cartwright. Start with Season 1 and follow the adventurers on their quest to investigate a doppelganger, or jump into Season 2 and listen to a new story about a terrible, corrupting sound that infects all who hear it. Dark Dice is available for free however you listen to podcasts or at darkdice.com. So ask yourself, do you seek him uh guys and behind you you guys see titanius the dwarven ghost who is also a dwarven skeleton sitting at his long lost desk val is not answering she's rolling over on her to her stomach and just hacking up a lung trying to, like, cough up this ghostly poison she consumed, and we'll just be there for a minute. <laughs> and Sel will help Cass and Val to mm-hmm. their feet. Checkers is, like, checking to see where the door was, and just, like, I'm imagining he was ready to close the door as soon as Val and Cass went through, and then Checkers just, like, slams it behind him. Absolutely. Cascrin is, like, using uh, Selv to brace himself, mm-hmm. but still gives Titanius the thumbs up of, like, we did it. Mission accomplished. We got him. <laughs> so you got it? You got the book? And he looks at you, Checkers, like, you, you got it, right? 
I think so. You'll have to ask Val about that one. Uh, what do you mean? Val is still coughing, but she's slowly collecting herself. We had a bit of trouble getting the Lieber Morte out. Looked like it, yeah. I guess rather it really only wanted to go with a specific kind of person. You mean the person who checked it out, right? Checkers. That's the rule. I don't know if the rule applies to sentient evil Gwimwars. Val is kind of like collected herself now and will take the book off her hip, like unclip it from the chain and hold it up to Titanius. So he knows she has it, but then also start walking over to Mango. You took it? The library does not like that. You're a librarian, right? Or something? I'm sorry, I don't really remember a lot of personal details, uh, Sal, but (laughs) (laughs) Uh, I'm trying. I'm really, it's just, it's hard, mm -hmm. you know? No, no, it's, it's fine. Val will open the barrel on Mango's back and before water leaks out, just like throw the book in and close it. <laughs> <laughs> really quick and sloshes around and yeah. uh, Mango, I imagine, just kind of like looks down at the puddle and just like flops down on it, onto wait, it. Wait, we need that. Self, it's fine. It's a magical tome. I know everyone has a lot of questions about what just happened. In the interest of time, I decided to convince the book to come with me. I have the book in the barrel. So as a can't really hear me right now. I now have a connection with the book. I will say this is something that the illustrious Atheum has a process for. Didn't quite follow every detail of said process. Again, in interests of time, so we can get all of the books we need and get out of the restricted section. Titanius, I see you are about to panic. I would like to address your question. I wouldn't say I'm about to. I'm much better at managing the external signs of panic Mm -hmm. than I Mm -hmm. was the couple hours ago from when we first met. I've been really rereading some of my self-help books, and that's really helped kind of recenter me. Taskrin has basically recovered at this point because, hell yeah, advantage against poison. (laughs) (laughs) But he he does want to ask, should we be concerned about it hearing us I I don't understand enough about this book yeah so uh it is sentient I got I got that yeah so <laughs> it cannot read my mind right now but it is aware of its surroundings so I'm just trying to protect myself protect us from the book having more knowledge about us that I might not necessarily want to have because hey I am not controlled by the book team. I understand that was a different side of me than before. And again, I want to assure everybody I can still act independently of the book's wants and motives. Selv is going to move to stand in front of Val and puts his hands on Val's shoulders, she and then like kind cranes of, her neck up. Yeah, well, and then and then he and then he kind of crouches down a little bit so that they are head height to each other, and 
Self looks directly into Val's eyes. Are you okay? Val will put her arms on Self's shoulders and be like, I am okay. Don't mind me, I'm just going to roll some dice. Uh, and I was going to make an insight roll. I rolled or, some dice. Okay. It seems like Val's telling the truth. Okay. Self will just kind of look at you for another second or two and then nod quick little clap on the back and all right good enough for me checkers is going to dramatically point at val and just say and how do we know that wasn't the book talking i think Cass is a point here we don't know anything about what the libra morte does or what it does to their partners i like jumping into things head first as much as the next frog but you heard the way that thing talked about people how do we know this is really still val talking to us yeah, tell us something that, well, I was going to say that, that only Val would know and that we would know, but I, I don't I don't really know you. So yeah, what he said. I mean, there's all kinds of spooky stuff going on in this library. Titanius over there touched the book, and now he's a skeleton. Maybe it ate your brain or something. I unfortunately can't show you my brain now or ever, hopefully. <laughs> Off limits. Off limits. I'm setting that boundary. <laughs> I'm trying to think, like, what a good question. Because this would be in the Illustrious Atheum book procedures. They do have a whole process. Probably, like, I imagine, I think Nathan and I were talking about this, like, like a SWAT team for books. Yeah, of totally. Like, mm-hmm. hey, there is untold powerful knowledge in this book. We're gonna get it. And so Val knows that process did her best and like a field setting yeah right <laughs> to get the book out of there and Catherine kind of chimes in and says i understand that we did what we had to do i don't know if we were getting the libra morte out any other way but i think we are justifiably concerned i am not trying to brush aside any concerns <laughs> or questions that you do have I am trying to figure out a good fact about Val that would convince Jackers. And I think I I have a proposal. I feel like I'm having some difficulty believing that it's necessarily you talking to us. Is it possible for us to talk to Vakri? Val will mind link Cass and be like, hey, shut the F up right now. I am trying not to say personal details in front of a book, and that is a highly secret personal detail you're talking about in front of an evil, sentient book. And you feel this angry tone in your mind. I am working very hard to regain everyone's trust right now without revealing personal details because personal details are how the book gains power over me and I am actively trying to prevent that. Please stop talking right now. And Catherine takes a moment and it is a very awkward silence that hangs as like for some reason Catherine has immediately stopped talking and no one is saying anything. I don't think Val could have kept her angry hand gestures <laughs> <laughs> so Val is just like weirdly waving her arms directly looking at Cass and probably has like a red glow in her eyes Cassquin's gonna say 
why don't we all take a breather? Take a minute, step back. I don't think we're going to get much farther with this line of questioning, so why don't we take a seat? Titanius, is there anywhere in this void that we can rest just on the floor here? Perhaps a couch would be nice. You know, for many decades, I wished for a couch. My kingdom for a couch, I would say. But it's just the desk. No couches. No couches anywhere. Checkers keeps a suspicious glare on Val. And then at Kaskrin's words, just like turns away and like stomps off with Mango. Val will sit down and pull out a notebook and start writing furiously down. (laughs) And after she finishes the page, she'll rip the page out of her notebook. And the first one, she just wads up in a ball and chucks it at Checkers. (laughs) Ow. Kaskrin is conflicted. He is sitting on the floor and looking at Checkers storm away. Looking at Val writing furiously. And he's looking at the water barrel of Mango where the Liber Morte is currently stored. He trusts Val. He wants to trust Val. But, I mean, we, we just saw the Liber Morte walk in lockstep with her. And Catherine is not, like, inherently magical enough to understand what else that's supposed to mean. He's just like, I want to believe everything that Val is saying, but there is at least some doubt now. And, it, like, you know, once that idea is in his head, it's so hard to get out. And so he doesn't know what else to do besides take a minute, catch his breath, clean his weapons, his armor, and just sit in this infinite empty void feeling smaller than ever before. Kaskrin, Kaskrin, hey, Titanius, like, just real quick. And Kaskrin, like, looks and is like, Titanius, what's up? Just, you know, get, like, real close. Kaskrin is confused, but will get up and, like, walk over to where Titanius is sitting by the desk. Hey, um, hey, I hope you're doing okay. It seemed there was a little, little tension there. Everything okay? I think everything will be fine. Do you know Do you know what you did wrong? And Kaskrin cocks his eyebrow. No? Did I do something wrong? I'm glad I, I'm glad I mentioned something. You, uh, you said the wrong name. Her name's Val. <laughs> Kaskrin just, like, smacks his forehead. <laughs> you know, hey, for me, I lost my sense of individual identity like 20 years ago and just recently rediscovered it so like I really understand I really understand the kind of pride people can have in that sort of a thing and and so I'm not calling you out I just want to make sure you know what happened it's Val <laughs> I think it's not the one that you said I'm not going to say it because I don't want to I don't want to remind her <laughs> of how you messed up there is a incredibly slow drag of Kaskrin's hand across his face and his white beard 
And he just turns to his dwarven brethren, my brother in Christ, <laughs> in, Christ. in the Twelve, my brother in the Twelve. Thank you for this advice. Yeah, no, again, it's just mistakes happen. You know, you just gotta, you just gotta apologize. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. you know, hey, mm-hmm. you guys, you guys are tight. I see that. Obviously, anyone who's in this void can see that. Must be nice having a group, hang out with other people to talk to, to read books with, to bring you different books. He goes to like punch your arm and his hand just goes, passes through you. Just, hey, you'll be all right. (laughs) Catherine just like knocks on the desk like twice and then (laughs) looks at Titanius and then walks away. (laughs) So I feel like Checkers is acting like a petulant child right now. (laughs) (laughs) To be clear with everyone. And he storms off grabs Mango. I'm imagining he like unlatches the water barrel and like pointedly stares at Val and just leaves it there and then he and Mango go off into a different <laughs> corner. Like he gets corner, hit. Corner, air quotes. Yeah, yeah he goes off corners. in his own corner of the void somewhere else. Gets hit in the head with a piece of paper. Doesn't open it. Gets hit in the head with another piece of paper and he's like just got piles of paper next to him now. <laughs> As Val is trying to communicate and he's got like his back turned to Val just like mur, 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 mur. But as we're sitting and taking a breather and recovering from the events so far, Checkers spends most of the break just, like, scribbling, doodling on this sheet of paper with kind of, like, a frustrated, like... Energy? Yeah. With, like, a frustrated swipe of his hand, he, like, throws one of his crayons away. (laughs) Oh, no, it's very (laughs) serious. Yeah. And walks over to Self. Selv, you just see Checkers come up with, like, this crumpled piece of paper in his hand. Selv, I don't know how you do it. Um, do what, Checkers? How can you be so calm at a time like this? I mean, we've only been in here a few hours, but we've seen all kinds of things that are just, I don't know, weird, crazy, unknown. I'm used to being out in the wild. Hunting dangerous beasts and exploring new lands. I feel like I'm pretty good at this Gilder stuff too, but... You are the epitome of no fear, Checkers. But that's the thing, Selv. This feels even too much for me right now. Back in the elevator, when my paper frog started burning, I froze. If you hadn't stepped in, I might not even be here right now. The Libra Morte, we don't know anything about it. It could do anything. It could have done anything to Val. You are concerned about the unknown and what it all means. It's a very involved question, Checkers. I would say, is there something that you do know? I thought I knew Val. So one thing has changed then, the Libra Morte. But you know, Val. Focus on one thing you know about Val. I mean, she's smart, obviously. She's brave. She came all the way from Rachma to be part of the Golden Tree. I don't think anyone could have just done that. And she was kind enough to teach me how to read and write even though I don't really do my homework. Hmm. 
Good. So, if anything changes from that, that would be the unknown of the Libra Morte, correct? As long as Val remains smart and brave, dedicated, then the book has not changed her. And I think Checkers kind of sits with those words, but doesn't respond. He looks at the thing that he has in his hands. He looks over at Val. And he just kind of says, maybe you're right. Maybe we'll find out. It's very touching that you are concerned for her and keeping an eye out for her and afraid that something she has done might change her. You're a good friend, Checkers. And as Checkers walks away, he just kind of whispers, I just don't want to lose her. Checkers has left behind the thing that he was scribbling on. And even though it's kind of crumpled and messed up, it's pretty obviously a drawing. And what you see is the four of us traveling in an elevator. But there's a couple things that stand out to yourself. The first is that everything on the piece of paper except the elevator has been scrawled on in this black crayon. And it looks like the elevator is traveling in this pitch black darkness. But the other things that you notice are the people inside the elevator. One is Val standing there, but instead of her normal face, she has this pure white mask on that looks exactly like the face of the Liber Morte. And the other thing you notice is Checkers. Because Checkers is not there, what you see is a black silhouette of Checkers completely engulfed in flames. Self, you look down at this drawing as Checkers walks past everyone with this dark energy. Kaskrin sits by himself, reflecting and just trying to sit. And Val continues to scribble notes into one of her notebooks. Inside of this unlimited void, our four guilders seem to have found four different corners. As the camera kind of pans up and sees everyone sitting separately in this moment. And that is where we'll end this week's episode, and we will see you all next time.
our adventurers have just returned from procuring, procuring, I think that's the right word, uh, the Libra Morta, Morte, Morta, Morte. Morte. I've said it wrong the so many e. times, everyone. Morte? Why do I, do I, have, I thought Libra I wrote that down. Libra Morte. Morty's so Libra. <laughs> what we need is Morte. You do the French pronunciation, Libra Mort. I know, no well, e. see, I think I, out there. I think that's what my brain wants to do. And then it's like, I can't do any of them, uh-huh. obviously. <laughs> They're all bad. <clears throat> Let me say that for the 15th time. 